Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week of the Jared Hudson for Sheriff podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, share with your friends, listen to it, give us some feedback and some comments so we can know maybe future interviews you would like to see. Enjoy the podcast. To open us up, I know we're recording now. We've been uh, talking for the last 15 or 20 minutes, waiting on our uh, our musician here in the back to, to get the podcast set up. <laughs> but, uh, no, this is the Jared Hudson for Sheriff podcast. Uh, today we're not interviewing uh, a political candidate. We're interviewing Draper Rogers. He's a pastor. Uh, the reason we want to, we're going to interview some pastors throughout this process because uh, as a Christian, I believe that probably the most important uh, thing or the most important uh, organizations within our society are not the civil government, uh, but are the family government and then the church organizations that mm-hmm. help almost, I don't want to say govern the community, but um, deal a lot with the community, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. So more so than the civil government, which what I'm running for, sheriff's office, right, yeah. a form of civil government, I believe the pastors of our churches uh, and, and our churches as a whole uh, impact society or should it impact society in yeah. a greater way uh, than our than our civil civil government does yeah. uh, and more importantly impact our families in yeah. a way that will make society a better place so we don't have to rely on civil government to go out and do things like fight crime yeah. as much doesn't mean it won't exist but it does yeah. mean that we can start curbing some of that with a change of the heart yes. as opposed to the yes. uh, actually trying to reform or change society as yeah. a whole yeah. So that's why we're interviewing a pastor. Um, if you haven't listened to any of our other ones, go ahead and, and look back at them. We've interviewed some uh, Republican candidates uh, for the over the past couple. We have a few Democrat candidates coming up that we want to interview because I'm all about elevating everybody's voice, and I want people yeah. to hear it. So yeah. uh, if you haven't followed us, follow us, like us, all that stuff. And then obviously I will not be on the ballot on May 24th. I'm not running in a primary. I will be on the ballot November the 8th. So right. November the 8th. However you vote, just go on over there and look Jared Hudson, circle <laughs> Jared Hudson uh, for sheriff. Uh, some people have asked, do you actually run for sheriff? You know, yes, I'm running. Yeah, you you uh, or you vote for sheriff, not run yeah. for sheriff. You vote for sheriff. I say, yep, yep, you vote for sheriff. So on November the 8th, voting for sheriff, there'll be two people on the ballot. We don't know the Democrat side, but I will be on the Republican side, and uh, that is for sheriff. So as we start off here, we've already done a little bit of small talk, which we like to do uh, – you know, as we start and open up, and we didn't, you know, uh, open up with a podcast. He just turned the stuff on, and we were going with it, right? So yes. we kept going. <laughs> but uh, so before I get you to tell about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned something, and I wrote this down. We're talking about reading the scriptures and what other people mm-hmm. say about the scriptures, and how oftentimes we we don't want to hear from God, but we want to hear from a certain pastor. We want to hear from a certain leader. Yeah. Uh, heck, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I just want to hear from a, a, su- a certain new, new source or whatever, mm-hmm. right? What yeah. What's going on around the world as yeah. opposed to probably sitting down and seeking the face of the Lord, which is the most important thing. Yes. No, we know it is the most important. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first yeah. the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto mm-hmm. you. Um, Oswald Chambers, so now that we're not going to Scripture, yeah. I want to say what, but Oswald Chambers said this. I read this a uh, few days ago in My Utmost for His Highest. Uh-huh. You know, a little short uh quip from one of the teachings he was doing. He said, oftentimes we want to hear Uh from anybody but God. Mm. And the reason we want to hear from anybody but God is because if God says it, we know it has to be done. Mm. Or we have to look at God and say, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. Yeah. As Christians, we don't want to do that. However, if Draper says it, if I'm sitting here listening, I, I listen to Draper, you know, teach the Scripture, teach the Word, and I'm listening to Draper, I can easily say, you know, you know what, that's his opinion. Yeah. That's not God speaking. That's yeah. his opinion. He said, that's yeah. why. So with you mentioning what you mentioned earlier, Oswald Chambers said back in, he was in World War I uh-huh. uh, era, you know, around yeah. 1910, 1911, as he was going through some of those, uh, some of the teachings he was going through. That's the time frame, and it's the same thing exists today. Yeah. I mean, that's 100 years ago. Yeah. But the same problem exists today. We want to hear from somebody else, not from God. Yeah. Uh, and he said he believes it's because... Uh, because we don't actually want to hear from God. The reason we don't want to actually hear from God is because we can tell, we will then have to tell God no yeah. uh, or do what he says. Yeah. And we yeah. don't want to do either of those things. Yeah. What, what's your what's your assessment? <laughs> I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, Jared. Uh, here's what I here's what I've come to see in my time in ministry that so many times people have decided what it is they want to do or what the answer is that they want. And so what they're doing is they're looking for somebody to co-sign with that idea of what they've already decided they want mm, to do. That's right. They don't have enough credit on their own or enough, I, I don't know, courage. And so they're looking for, you know, somebody, uh, a Jared or a Draper or whoever it may be. And they just want to say, oh, OK, well, yeah, I, I've decided it. So now you just co-sign with this idea that I already have. And so in in church world, in ministry, it's very, you you see that a lot, but you're seeing it a lot now. And the thing that I tell people all the time is, man, what is God saying? Like, like what is, what is God saying? Not what your favorite pastor is saying, but what is God saying? And the way we, we hear what God is saying is number one, we got to get into scriptures on our own. I find it quite amazing that Bible believing Christians, church Christians are some of the the few or doesn't don't read their Bible as much as they should. Now, people will say, well, Drake, you're being legalistic. And I'm like, OK, and this is what I do. It's just I mean, just being flat out honest with you. I said, OK, well, any athlete, any person that's about their craft, they want to do they want to learn as much as they can about their craft. They want to mm. they want to practice. They want to you know, if it's a new technique or something, they're always looking to hone their craft. Why as Christians do we not do that? Like, why do we why do we not want to know God more? If, if you're a so-called and I don't like I know Christians in the Bible, but I like the term Christ follower because that emphasizes an action. I'm following him. Uh, will I make mistakes? Yes, but I'm following him. It is an action. And so so I like, man, you got to get in the word and then not only get in the word, but meditate on the word. You know, meditation has gotten a bad rap nowadays because of new age religions and everything. But meditation is nothing more than thinking deeply about something. Right. God could speak in one scripture, one verse, one passage unit. And man, you just chew on that. You just literally just meditate on that and think about it and allow God to speak to you on it. So, yeah, I find it. Um, I, 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 again, you, you made the quote with Oswald Chambers. But even today, you know, people just want to they want to turn on a podcast or they want to they want to read a commentary or anything just, but anything. But like it's like give me my I heard a I heard a pastor say this or um, I was listening to a podcast. They want that scripture McNugget like they, they don't want the they don't want the the meal. They don't want the feast. They just want like give me a McNugget. Give me give me a give me a little morsel of truth that I can hang on to that. I could that I could post on my social media that I could put on my 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 Bible, lock, my phone lock screen or I could put it on my screen. Save, or I could put it on my desktop, you know, and then a lot of times you misquoting scripture mm-hmm. because you're quoting it 
all out of context. But or, it, or, or but it maybe it's used, good. maybe it's used properly in one situation, but it's used improperly in another situation. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. exactly. It's funny you say this, and maybe uh, maybe our uh, coffee drinking friend over there in the back can look this up <laughs> to confirm this on your. Uh, on your iPhone or whatever, but I believe it's Hume that said there was only one Christian, and it was Jesus Christ. Wow. So I like how you said Christ. Now, Hume was a was an atheist, right? Mm-hmm. But he's, mm-hmm. I think it was Hume that said there was only one Christian, and it was Jesus Christ. Uh, look, look that up, see if you can find who, who that was. It was one of the uh, atheists. No, I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's one of the atheist philosophers. I just can't remember which one it was. I believe it was David Hume. Yeah, yeah, it's Jesus Christ. Yeah, only one yeah. Christian died on the cross, or there's only one Christian. Was Jesus. Frederick Nietzsche? Nietzsche, okay, it was Nietzsche that said it wasn't Hume. So maybe it was something that Hume said, quoting Nietzsche, yeah. but uh, but either way, so there it is. There it goes. So yeah. Nietzsche said that, and, and it's so true. So I, I, when you said Christ follower, that, yeah. that kind of popped into uh, popped in my mind. So real quick, Reader's Digest version okay. of Draper Rogers. So uh, I'll let you tell about kind of what you initially started with, mm-hmm. with uh, almost the the corporate corporate world, right? Yeah. You know, kind of mm-hmm. running up that ladder. Yeah. Um, maybe where you came from, where you're from in Alabama, yeah. where your family's from, and then it's all the way to where you're at now and you're calling to ministry. Reader's yeah. Digest version of how yeah. God called you to that point. Well, real quick, I'm from Linden, Alabama, a little small town over in West Alabama. Played basketball in Great high school. Great place to hunt, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, played basketball in high school. Was blessed to play basketball in college. Uh, man, graduate. And I'm climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, fast forward, my wife and I, we have our, our oldest daughter. And, uh, man, I just, I don't know, just I started feeling empty. And I knew that the Lord had something else for me. Uh, and so just through where prayer. Were you, where were you climbing the corporate ladder at? Where were you living at at the time? I was I was here in uh, Birmingham. Okay, so yeah, you were still in, yeah. in the Birmingham yeah, area. Yeah, I, okay. I was in the Birmingham area, uh, man, climbing the corporate ladder. And just kind of, you know, through a series of events in corporate, I just kind of sensed that, man, this is not it. You know, like it's, it's got to be something else. And so, um, man, prayer, being around godly people, literally, and my wife, literally the Lord was like, you know, get ready. And literally, that's what I did. I started seminary online uh, while I was still working a full-time job and just walked with the Lord. You know, I had a couple of friends that would say, hey, what what is the Lord doing? I was like, I don't know. He just told me to get ready, and I want to be obedient. And so that's what I did two and a half years in to seminary. Um, get a call from the church. I had kind of changed jobs. Get a call from the church, and it's like, hey, we want to bring you on staff. And um Where'd you go to seminary at? Liberty University. Liberty, that's where yeah. I got my MBA yeah. from. Liberty, yeah, okay. L-U so Jerry, online. That's right, Jerry yeah. Falwell School. So you're yeah. Liberty at seminary or uh, seminary at Liberty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you uh, you got a call from Garnell First Baptist Church yep. right now. Okay. Yeah, right, and so. and I've been there for I'm going into my eighth year. I'm um, actually in my eighth year, uh, pastor of young families, and so it's been uh, I've I've loved uh, every minute of it. So when you started this, this process started what about twelve years ago for you? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, about, about 12, twelve years. Yeah. 12, 12 mm-hmm. years ago for mm-hmm. you, and then uh, you were in the Birmingham area for how long before that? Before that, that call from God made. Uh, I was in the Birmingham area before that about four years. Okay, uh, so I mean you've been. I mean you, you've been here for a minute. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. kids have pretty much grown yeah, up. Yeah, here my, in this my, area. Uh, we've been in we've been in Gardendale now for fifteen years. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, so it was just man, it was just you know I tell people all the time it was just one small step of obedience at a time. Uh, the Lord said, "Get ready." I got ready. I had no clue what he was doing. I had no clue that I would be. We was attending Gardendale first at the time, and uh, I had no clue that I never thought that I would be on staff at Gardendale first. I just I knew that the Lord was actually, as a matter of fact, I, what I thought the Lord was doing is I thought the Lord had called me to be a a Christ following. Um, 
solid individual in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was my mission field, and I, and I never forget. Um, like I, I, it's like I was like, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna do. And so when the church called me, I really it was it was a tough decision for me um, because I was like, well, Lord, I thought I heard you say you go that you my mission field was corporate. And the Lord literally spoke into my spirit. It's like, that was your mission field, but now I'm moving you. I'm moving you off of the field into a role of preparing those that are in the the, the marketplace to to be Christ's followers in their location. Well, that's great. I think in, uh, it kind of makes me uh, think of the scripture I read this morning uh, where the disciples fell asleep with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you fell asleep in this in this case or whatever, yeah. but the disciples fell asleep with Jesus, and then he comes over, he wakes them up, he said, mm-hmm. what do y'all do? And they're like, yeah. oh, sorry, we fell asleep. Uh-huh. Right? And there's the, you would have that that downtrodden mm-hmm. you know, portion of spirit. You know, I thought, I'm sorry, yeah, let's go, let's go back yeah. and pray. No, arise, it's yeah. time to go. Time to That's go. what he tells them, arise and go. Yeah. And uh, whether or not you did exactly what God had for you to do during that time or, or – or, whether you didn't is is irrelevant. It ended, and God said, "Go to this next thing." And we yeah. shouldn't let what we previously or what we've previously experienced, whether mm-hmm. positive or negative, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people will hold to the positive experience, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, what, whether positive or negative, we can't let that previous previous experience dictate that next portion of our life where Agreed. God says, "Arise and go." So that's, that's powerful. Agree, and you know, and so much of it is, man. Again, it's just getting along with the Lord, walking with Him, staying in His Word, and just uh, you know, man. We always say the Lord moves in mysterious ways uh well it's not mysterious to him it's it's just kind of confusing to us but if we trust him and we're walking with him we just got to trust him and we got to walk by faith and not by sight and so many times nowadays we want to walk by sight and not by faith we want to walk by hey if i can't see it touch it or you know kind of maneuver it i can't believe it and i can't walk in it right but that's not how our faith is to work we got to walk by faith we got to trust god and we got to you know and literally i mean that's Probably the hardest thing to do nowadays is to trust God, even in the face of uncertainty, of trusting him and like, Lord, I. But, you know, here's the thing that I'm going to find, Jared, that trust in God becomes easier as you stay in his word, because you see God's track record. You see how he's moved in the past. And that gives you hope for the current day and the future. I mean, you can look back over. I, I thought, you, you know, you when we was talking, you said, you know, you was in Leviticus or, you know, having to read through Leviticus. And, you know, I find Leviticus, it used to be one of those hard books that I did not like read. But then as I got along with God and I slowly read Leviticus, the, the whole picture of Leviticus is God made a way. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. it's like, I mean, you look at it like, yes, you got all the animal sacrifice and you got all it is. But God knew that the children of Israel was going to sin. He knew that they were going to fall short. Mm. So what did he do? He went ahead and implemented a way for them to be made right with him. So 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 it's, just, it's that beautiful picture. As you see scripture, he made a way. He I mean, and then he knew that they he knew that they weren't going to be able to keep all of that. So then he ultimately he made it the ultimate way in Jesus. And so it's just like, you just, it's like, as you read scripture and you just immerse yourself in scripture, you see, man, that God is so good, so loving, so merciful, so loving that, man, it gives you courage for whatever you're facing today. Absolutely. And tomorrow. Mm. So, and that segues perfectly into the next question I have for you here. So 15 years in Gardendale Mm -hmm. And God calls you to the ministry. 
God made a way. Yeah. God made a way for you and your oh, family, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So that's one thing. Yeah. That's a, a promise that we can hold to is that God will make a way no matter. And you know what I've realized? It's not so much... Um, it's not so much that God changes the circumstances we're in; He changes us in uh, the circumstances, amen. so we respond to them, yes, uh, you know, uh, differently or appropriately. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel still went to the lines then, right? Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I can't and and I said this much: it hadn't always been easy. That's right. It's like you know, people say all the time, "Oh man, ministry, y'all only work one day a week." Okay, you could say that, you know, because you know and my dad's majority, a pastor. That is true. Yeah. Everybody's listening. <laughs> I mean, you know, the majority of the time people see you is Sunday, but you know, like I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, you don't, you don't get, you're not on the other end of that phone call. Phone constantly you know, rings. You know, your phone's rings. constantly, or you know, you you just want to run into Walmart. You just want to run into public, and you get you know caught with a, a you know thirty minute conversation with with somebody, or you so know somebody like Jared Hudson. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so it's just so it, it's uh, but it. Like I said, it hadn't been easy. I mean, hey man, I'm you know my wife is in education. She is she's a principal here in the city. I got two kids that's going through the schools here. You think it's easy raising kids nowadays? Oh, when man. I mean, I, I I can't tell you how many times we had a conversation with my oldest daughter of um you know how different things you know you know, going on. And she's like, yeah, you know, my dad's a pastor, and my mom's a principal. Yeah, yeah, you know, and she get, kind of yeah, gives you that look, and I'm like. So we have to navigate through those things. But I tell you this, is through it all, God is faithful. Mm-hmm. God has done, again, one small step of obedience at a time. And God has shown himself to be faithful. Is it always easy? No. But I tell you this much, I wouldn't trade it. That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. So God made a way. Now, you are a, and, and I don't, you know, I don't like this. This is one you said this earlier. We want, we want something that validates us, right? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So now I'm running for sheriff, and part of what I'm dealing with is the demographics of the community, white mm-hmm. and black, right? Yeah. That's what everybody yeah. wants to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, you know me. You know how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. to uh, basically give you just as hard of a line as I'm going to give Stephen mm-hmm. or me or anybody else. You know, yeah. I, I believe Scripture's clear, no partiality. Mm-hmm. I don't care if yeah. you're white, black, whatever, yeah. you know, Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have to toe the same line that I toe, in my opinion, and I'm mm-hmm. all about Performance and the SEAL teams are like mm-hmm. that. My, where I come from, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe Scripture is like that. I believe God is like that. He doesn't care who you are. Mm-hmm. His blood still covers your sin and my mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. Um, I was reading something this morning from uh, f- that Frederick Douglass talked about in his conversion to Christ. Now, Frederick Douglass, for those who don't know, who Frederick Douglass is uh, he was uh, an abolitionist, right? He was a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, he escaped. He married a woman who helped him escape, and um, he was uh, one of the the biggest helps, I guess, for Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. in freeing the slaves during the war, mm-hmm. right? But what he said in his conversion to Christ, he said it was, uh, and, and I was reading this just in his autobiography, just an excerpt from it. He said, I found, and this was when he was a slave, he was a 13-year-old mm-hmm. boy. As a, as a 13-year-old boy, as a slave, I found the teachings of Christ in a white Methodist pastor named Hanson. That's what he says mm-hmm. in it. And he said, I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do, but I did know that whether I was free or whether I was in bondage, whether I was a slave, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. I was wicked and wretched, and so was anyone else except for the grace of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what this pastor taught him, okay? and and so he wound up, and he he talks through his conversion, said through much, you know, many weeks of of not understanding what to do or how to do it, I realized Mm -hmm. I couldn't save myself, and it's yeah. the person of Jesus Christ who saves me. Yeah. And there was another pastor in his life. I can't remember the the man's name, um, but it was uh, it was another it was a black pastor. It was mm-hmm. another 
pastor who was within in the, his like slavery unit or whatever it is mm-hmm. where they were, that he was able to take him under his wing mm-hmm. and actually teach him more in depth the scriptures in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he said, I had a desire to see others come saved. And he mm-hmm. said, I didn't even have a problem with the slave owners. I had a problem with slavery. Mm-hmm. And he said, so he's mm-hmm. a complete change, a shift mm-hmm. in Christ. You know, First John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see, and you can look back through history and see all that Frederick Douglass did, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately you see a transition for him in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You see a transition in Christ where there was no partiality in in his eyes. And mm-hmm. you want to talk about somebody who really suffered. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about, you know, you, you grew up in Linden, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You were a black man, but I guarantee you, you didn't suffer the same thing mm-hmm. that Frederick Douglass no. suffered, right? No. No. Um, and... Uh, that being said, we see the person of Christ being bestowed upon you just as it was bestowed upon him, just as it was mm-hmm. bestowed upon me from all of our different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And so reading that, that kind of stuck out to me this this morning. So mm-hmm. I hate this this idea that we talk about minorities and ethnic groups and all that, right? It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost a Marxist quote, which if you look at Frederick Douglass and, and Karl Marx, by the way, and you look at their the, their lives, mm-hmm. one started as a slave and died a rich man yeah. free. Yeah. One started as a rich man and free uh-huh. and and died completely impoverished. Yeah. You know, And they had about the same lifespan, right? Yeah. If you look at them across the board, just an a interesting thing to look at. Uh, but as a minor, minority pastor, as much as I hate that, I say yeah. it. I preface all this as, as a minority pastor mm-hmm. um, in a predominantly white congregation mm-hmm. right or, or or even a I won't even say predominantly white area you know it's a pretty even mix mm-hmm. here in the Gardner mm-hmm. area but at least in the congregation of the church what have you seen that makes you like what, what have you seen that makes you think you know maybe uh, fo- folks don't understand what I've gone through here or do you even think that exists you know, that ethnic Gnosticism, as Vody Bauckham calls it yeah I, I mean you know I, I think it exists um, you know one of the things that again I, I think if if you know me and you know my heart and Jerry I think you know me well enough man I just want to be around people who love the Lord mm-hmm. and love others and you know and I we can get we can get so sidetracked in minorities and this and that and ethnic groups but you know you know God God tells us he, you know I was reading it this morning in Mark when they asked him they said what's the most important commandment he says love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and spirit and then the second is love your neighbor as yourself you know mm. so we see everybody as our neighbor and not as you know okay well this person is black or this person is white or this person is Hispanic and we just see them as our neighbor and we love them and we treat people how we want to be treated I mean to me it's like and at the church, I think everybody knows that, man, I just I just want to see I just want to see people's lives transform to the glory of God. Mm. And I and, and I feel the only way that that happens is through the teaching and preaching and the lifting up of God's word. The per- person of Jesus Christ. You know, Absolutely. and so, you know, so have we have we had difficulties? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, but I think that's to be expected because if anybody thinks that the church is a perfect place, whew, that's a bad thought to have because the church is not a perfect place because it's made up of imperfect people. That's right. But we, we worship and serve a perfect God. So we just had to stay focused in on that. And so and that's what I'm determined to stay focused on. You know, I can't hide. I'm six, seven and I'm a black guy. And, you know, and I and people tell me I smile a lot. My kids call me smiley, you know, because I because I smile a lot. But but I'm excited and I'm and I'm because of the joy of Christ in me that I want. I just want to see others, man, with that same joy and excitement to worship 
our Savior. And yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's definitely my heart. And I didn't know if you, if you saw anything, like you said, I mean, we all come from uh, different backgrounds. So there's different things that, that, that we don't know about each yeah. other that, and, but you can go back to the ethnic yeah. thing. We, we serve, we worship a, something of a different ethnicity than both of us. Yeah. That says he is the son of God, yeah. and that died on the cross, and we worship that man from, from Middle Eastern descent, not even yeah. from the country we no. live in, you know. No. And and so that that to me shows how the grace of Christ supersedes any ethnic separation, oh, yeah. any any differences that we might have. And we both grew up in, in Alabama, yeah. obviously, yeah. right? So there's some similarities there, but um, anything that could be seen as different, you're my brother in Christ. Yeah. So Christ supersedes those differences. Yeah. And, you know, think back on my, my time in corporate. I never forget, there was a guy, um, he knows who he is, and he he literally poured into me. He he discipled me before I knew what discipleship was uh, through, you know, we was both in accounting, but man, he would, he would just encourage me in the scriptures, challenge me from the scriptures. He was a white guy. I mean, again, he grew up in one area of town, an affluent area in the, in this area. I grew up in Linden, Alabama. But here we are. The Lord supernaturally placed us together, this uh, this kinship, this kindred. And, man, he discipled me. And it wasn't because I was black and he was white. It was because he was like, hey, I mean, I, he saw something in me. The Holy Spirit inside of him was like, hey, you know. This you need to reach out to this guy, and, That's right. and so I think when we, you know, I mean, you think about it, Christian with us, brothers, you know, yeah. it, with us, Jerry. I mean, it's like you think about it. We have nothing in common. You, you like basketball? I don't. You don't. Yeah. You know, you I like, like guns, guns? You don't. I don't. Yeah. You know, and so, so I mean, it's, I, I think when we look at it, it's like, yeah, we have nothing in common, but we do. Because we both love Christ. We have the most important thing in common, exactly. and that's the person of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. And so you see, so to me, I feel that the enemy helps us to really focus in on the things that we don't have in common. Oh, skin color. Oh, well, you know, he's black, you know, he's white. Uh versus what do we what's the most important thing that we have in common? That's our love for Christ. And if we could if we focus in on that, all of this other stuff pales in comparison. I pretty much have nothing in common with my wife, except for the <laughs> fact we have kids, right? I mean, so if we if we went down the same road that, you know, oftentimes we go down yeah. to society, you yeah. know, we we probably wouldn't be married, right? Exactly. <laughs> She's a girl, I'm a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know but it's like, you know, but it's like we 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 love Christ and we want right. to serve him. Mm. And and, and Jerry, you serve him in different ways than I serve him. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's the body of Christ. That's right. No, that's right. So now, so and that's a great answer, and I I, I totally uh, agree with that wholeheartedly. And the person of Jesus Christ is the most important thing as Christians. And and again, if you don't know Jesus, uh, and you're like, hey man, what, are, what in the world are these guys talking about? Yeah. Well, I I guarantee you one thing. All I ask you, and I tell this to everybody, all I ask is that you you just ask God, please reveal yourself to me, Jesus. Reveal yourself to me, who you are. And I promise you, he will. Yes. Uh, I often have people also ask, you know, why? Why do you? Why do we look at Jesus? Why? Why? Why not look at some of the other religions? Well, Jesus is the only one to claim exclusivity. Yes. So if we can disprove Jesus, then you can pick whichever one else. Mm-hmm. But if you can't disprove Jesus, then he has to be the one. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. Um, so I encourage you to do that if you're listening to this and you don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. But to our next question, why? And it's kind of tied to what we just said, right? Mm-hmm. So. Why does our culture, not so much church, right? I just asked you about, you know, mm-hmm. kind of where, where you've been as a minority mm-hmm. pastor in a predominantly white congregation, but why does our church or why does our why does our culture see ethnic differences uh 
so much? Like, what what is if you could pinpoint one thing? It doesn't have to be a long term. If you could pinpoint one thing, thing, what do you think is the root cause of us seeing ethnic differences so much? Oh, seeing. Wow. All right. Seeing. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Think about it, Jerry. If that's a good one. What if? I thought I was going to say the news no, or something no. like that. No, straight up. No, it's sin because, yeah. again, we, this, this all ties together, and I, and I hope I could really communicate this. Sin, my sin in me, wants to point out sin in others. So... So 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 then I started I started pointing out sin and then I started to categorize people and we all do this. I don't care who you are or how holy you think you are. We all categorize people. That makes it easy to discriminate against. We see it in our, we see it in small kids all the way up to senior adults. You think about it. Once we can categorize them, then we 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 um heap on them these characteristics and then we're able to say, well, you know, those characteristics don't line up to what I believe. So now I am going to hate on them and I'm going to not associate with them. So it's the sin in me. It's constantly, it's, it, it goes back to what you said, Jerry. It's like, um, we don't want the word of God. We really don't want the word of God because then if we have the word of God, we, we start to see ourselves for the wretched person that we really truly am. And so what do we do? We look outside. We don't, we, nobody wants to do self-examination. We want to look outside and, and point out everything else in everyone else, but not in ourselves. The only way we could point out things in ourselves is when we get in the word because the Holy Spirit of God points it out. And then we could either uh, agree with it and say, yes, Lord, you're right. Or we could look look God in the face and say, nah. You're the creator of the whole world. You spoke this world into existence. You breathe life in the man. You you raised him up out of the dirt. You breathe life into him. But you know what? God, nah, no, I don't, believe, I don't, no, I think you got that wrong with me. That's right, yeah. And so it all comes to you know, look at the. I need to look at the log in my own eye before exactly. I even look at the speck in exactly. yours, right? The whole. And so, so much is like you know, again, it's sin. We mm. want to we we're sinful people. Nobody like everybody wants to think that they're good. I know I'm not good. I'm a wretched human being. And so we 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 look. We we point out sin in others versus focusing in on ourselves. Absolutely, no, I totally agree, man. I, I wasn't even expecting you to go uh, that way with it, but that that definitely hits a nail. I mean, no, you hit the nail on the head with that because it's uh, it's not your sin that put Jesus on the cross for Jared Hudson. It's Jared Hudson's sin, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's not Jared Hudson's sin that put Jesus on the cross for you, right? He's got to cover your sin yeah. and Stephen's sin. And you go down yeah. the list, it's uh, it, it's my sin. Even if I was the only one in the world to mm-hmm. sin, mm-hmm. it's my sin that put him on the cross. Yeah. And so we have to look at us. That's actually a concept that is it's becoming pretty pr- predominant. Uh, it definitely is predominant in the SEAL teams. But, uh, Jocko Willink talks mm-hmm. about it in, uh, in his books, right? You know, Jocko, mm-hmm. uh, was, he was a SEAL. He was actually a TU commander commander at three when I checked in mm-hmm. uh, as a new guy, but his whole thing, that extreme ownership, you know, mm-hmm. for, for corporate leadership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's his whole thing is you take ownership on everything. It's never this person, this person, this person could have done this better. Mm-hmm. Always look at yourself and say, what could I have done better? And you will always find that I could have done something better. That doesn't mean that you don't hold a standard that other people yeah. are not held to yeah. the standard that you're a leader over, in your mm-hmm. case, being at the church. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean is, is first off, What's the problem with Jared? Mm-hmm. And then once we see that, then we can move down yeah. to the to the other yeah. things. That's huge, and I think you're exactly right. Sin, sin is most certainly uh, it. Now, 
Getting more specific, okay. and I know you deal with this because you deal with a lot of the media ministry at church, right? Mm-hmm. I think I mm-hmm. sent out, uh, we, we, I was at home with a wife uh, and, and the kids because we just had the, mm-hmm. the, the new baby, mm-hmm. so we weren't going to church, you know, or the nursery and everything. So I was sitting at home, we're watching uh, the, the message on TV, and it popped up. It said, Hey, if you just accept Jesus as your Savior after mm-hmm. he gave a, uh, an invitation or whatever, and, and Kevin went through the, the prayer and all that, he said, Send this text to this number, uh-huh. and uh, or text Jesus to this number. And and we'll be in contact with you. So yeah. I said, I wonder who gets that. So I just texted Jesus <laughs> to the to the number, and it went straight to your phone. Yeah, yeah. it went straight yeah. to your phone. So yeah. I know you deal with yeah. the. And it popped up on my phone as I texted the number yeah. in and sent it. It just showed Draper Rogers. I was like, <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said I was just texting the yeah. number that popped yeah. up on the screen. Yeah. I guess it forced yeah. you. So you deal with a lot of that, mm-hmm. the media uh, side of things, you know, and and so this will be a good question for you. How has the media impacted our cultures? Okay, and, and I'm gonna two two sides of cultures. Okay. One, our Christian culture, right? Okay. Because that's where we're brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. One, our Christian culture, um, and as brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ. And two, our ethnic cultures, right? Because you come from a different ethnic mm-hmm. culture than I come from, than yeah. you know anybody else comes from, right? Yeah. So, how has our media impacted those two things, both positively and negatively? Because media yeah. is a positive thing, yes. and that's why yes. I use that example. Yes. If somebody can hear the gospel from a video, yeah. and yeah. or they can listen to this podcast and hear mm-hmm. us have this conversation, yeah. and heck, they might hear the gospel of Christ through that, yeah. right? So yeah. I would say it's a positive thing. So both positively and negatively. Yeah. So from a positive aspect, I've seen it really impact the church in being able to. Um, Man, constantly communicate uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. Constantly, you know, get that get that message out there. Uh, where I've seen it impacted in a negative sense is people rely they they become reliant on it. Uh, and here's what I mean: um, Hey, I, I don't need to you know come to church today or be in small group because you know I could just connect. Uh, online or I could connect. And so, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I know you, you and your wife's situation with the new baby and everything. And, and for a season, I mean, that's the season y'all in. But I mean, I think the Sunday after that, you was back in church, you and, you know, two of your girls. And so uh, people become so reliant on it. And also, too, it's just like this podcast. Jerry, you're a good dude, solid Christian. Uh, I know you very well. But you think about it, how many other podcast out there that you got to be like all right where where does this person stand what what do they believe uh you know different things so you really have to be careful because anybody can you know start a podcast anybody could start you know streaming stuff so so it, it made it easy for the church to get it out there but then it also makes it easy for those that don't have good intentions to get stuff out there and then i think as as far as ethnic uh groups is man if i Depending on my opinion and, and my slant, I could really get out there and just, you know, start spouting off a whole lot of nonsense and, yeah. you know, really get get people uh, kind of riled up, you know, for for whatever it, it may be. And so I think, you know, it's I heard somebody say technology is neutral, but it depends on how we use it, you know. And so so for the church, we want to use it in a, in a powerful, positive light. And, you know, and some people don't want to use it in that sense. And um, and so, you know, you you alluded to, you know, kind of the texting in information. Honestly, that came up because in the shutdown, um, it was kind of like, hey, uh, how do we still do an invitation? You know, how do we still get people um, a way to respond? And just so happened I've been looking into that process and I was like, well, 
it's not perfect, but here we go. And so and, then, and we just kind of adopted it and, and, you know, just kind of kind of went there. And so it was that technology that was there and we just we was able to use it. So actually, and it's, it's funny you kind of mentioned that. And I'll use uh, another quote from William Sherman. I know Stephen loves it when I use quotes because <laughs> quotes make me sound smart. Right. That's the you know, the, we, we set high standards here. You know, we set high standards, yeah. but the bar to achieve those standards is actually extremely low. Right. It's that. um the uh, that's what Hartley said one day. He said, uh, "You know, the 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 requirements are so high, but the standards for those requirements are unbelievably low." Uh, I think one of the batteries are dead in the microphone, so we had to go out to the store and buy. <laughs> so, um, no, so but you 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 say that, and I think it's huge because you know, I, I, do, I do firearms, right? Mm-hmm. And a firearm's a tool. Mm-hmm. It can be used for bad things, which mm-hmm. we see, mm-hmm. right? We see going on around the nation, right? When, yeah. when, when firearms are used for bad things, whether gang violence or active shooter in a school yeah. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, or whether it's the ATF selling guns to the cartels. Hashtag ATF, right? <laughs> so, yeah, y'all should have seen their Valentine's Day post. It's hilarious, you know? Um, anyway, well, that's a sidebar. But guns can be used for a, for a bad thing, but they're mm-hmm. a tool because guess what? Law enforcement officers use them. Navy SEALs use them to fight the enemies of this yes. nation, right? They're, yeah. they're also used for positive things. They're used to protect homes. They're used to protect people. So there's they're a tool, right? Uh-huh. They're, they're, yeah. they're an animate object, and I think it's probably the same thing with media, like mm-hmm. what somebody said, hey, media is neutral, but what is the purpose that that media mm-hmm. is being used for? Mm-hmm. So that's a, I think that's a, a great answer. And again, like you said, whether it's within Christian culture, which is important for mm-hmm. us, number one, because we were brothers in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um so we see the benefit behind that. We also see the negative behind that mm-hmm. uh, in our Christian community. Yeah. However, now ethnically, right, we're separated there. We're from two different ethnic mm-hmm. groups. We're from mm-hmm. two different backgrounds. You're from Linden, Alabama. I'm from Gardendale, Alabama up yeah. here. Um, we're from two different areas, and yet we see how the same way it can be used both used both positively and negatively yes. to promote a good message yes. or to pr- promote a negative message. Yes. So yes. Um, William Sherman said this. I was reading this this morning. Uh, he hated war, by the way. You know, William Sherman was the one who uh, decimated the South for, mm-hmm. the, for the North. And he was actually from the South. Wow. Where LSU was, I think he taught there um, when uh, before LSU was LSU. So he's from Louisiana. Uh, he held to the Constitution because he believed the Constitution was uh, should be held to it and afforded, uh, when it, especially as slavery became one of the you know issues in, mm-hmm. on the initial front end, but definitely as it became more mm-hmm. toward the forefront where they were pushing state rights, mm-hmm. um, and it really just, hey, look, we're going to free the slaves, right? So Sherman believed that slaves should be afforded the same uh, rights under the Constitution anybody else. That's what he believed in the Constitution, right, if you read about it a little bit. And uh, he hated war, though. And he said, war is cruel, and the crueler it is, the quicker it's over. He wanted it to end. And he even said, everybody uses his quote, war is hell. But before that, he actually talks about how the ones screaming for war are the ones who have never been a part of it, Uh. Um, which is is very true. We see that now going on in our nation with generals sitting at the top who – They've never even been in a fist fight, much less a gunfight. Yet they're the ones who want to push the push for war. Yet they've never been in or experienced anything. And that's uh, when you've had those talks yeah, before. So yeah. I, I definitely see what William Sherman was talking about during the Civil War era, yeah. era. But what he said about the media during their day, which was mostly reporters and newspapers and stuff, uh-huh. he said, "If I had my way, I would kill every single reporter in the world." <laughs> However, we would probably getting we would probably be getting reports from hell before breakfast. <laughs> That's what he said. So during that wartime, uh-huh. he saw media reports and reporters in particular um, being 
extremely negative, right? For for the promoting of either one, the 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 northern uh, push to you know the Union push mm-hmm. to to save the Union and, mm-hmm. and to free the slaves, and the Southern push who called it the War of Northern Aggression. Mm-hmm. Right? You have both of these slants, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better word, kind of yeah. what you talked about. Whereas the newspaper, the media itself, it has no that there's no it has no agenda yeah. except for the slant of the person pushing it. Right? Yeah. And from yeah. the South, you mm-hmm. would see mm-hmm. this is the War of the Aggression aggression from the North, yeah. and from the North, you would see that you know this is uh, this is a war against you know yeah. folks who don't want to free the slaves. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you definitely see a slant. And that's I read that this morning. I thought that was interesting coming from yeah. from Sherman, who was yeah. the general who ultimately took down the South. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you so, know, I, I mean, the same could be said, though, Jared, when it comes to the Bible, because yeah. because you know the Bible is you know very well. And I, I'm I'm you know trying my best to learn God's word. I know we both got ways to go, but man, this could be you know you could take things in the Bible and you could really take it out of context. Satan used it against Christ, exactly. Satan used it against. I mean, Christ. You, you know, and so and, and we see that so much. And again, that's why I tell people all the time, like, man. Read your word. Like you know what know what word. did the Bereans do? You know they 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 whatever Paul taught them, they went back to the scriptures. They searched the scriptures daily to make sure what Paul was saying was right. So so again, I mean it's it's that you know it's that slant. And so you know, hey, if you're in a church, hey, I, I would strongly encourage you always check the scripture. Pastors is teaching. Check the scriptures. Some don't line up. Ask. Don't be. I mean, you don't have to be mean about it. But, Ask like, well, I, I don't, I, y'all don't understand this. You know, explain this to me. Uh, and so, that's just a little sidebar there. No, no, you're exactly right. Because I mean, you got to check those things. Like if somebody's up there talking about Moses building the ark, you know, we well, have to check those. <laughs> yeah. You know, and how they, uh, yeah. you know, they, uh, yeah. no, they walked in the, no. they walked in the ark seventy times <laughs> yeah. seven, yeah. and um, you know, they they lifted up the. Uh, the golden cherubim in the uh, in the wilderness, right? Yeah, and you remember when they did that, so they wouldn't be bit by snakes. So, no, that's uh, so no no one, yeah, absolutely checking checking those things that somebody says because yes. just because they say it and it sounds convincing doesn't yes. actually mean that it's yes. that it's real. Yes. Well, well, brother, this has been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's always good talking oh, to man. you, man. Right? Same here. Man. Um, one Same thing we here. always do we like to close our our podcast in prayer. And normally I do it, but you know what? I want you to go ahead and close us in okay. prayer today. Uh, since you are the pastor, right? And uh, and again, if, if 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 you're out there and you're listening to this and you want to reach out, uh, Draper is a pastor at Gardner First Baptist Church. You can yeah. reach out to them on the website if you want to learn more about Christ. If you're in the area and you're looking for a home church, uh, you can reach out to the campaign, jaredhudsonforsheriff.com, uh, and, and let them know if you want to hear more about, about Christ, because ultimately that's the most important thing Amen. Uh, Amen. That, that we've talked about today. Amen. Lord, I, I love you. Lord, I thank you for Jared. I thank you for his friendship. And, Lord, I pray for the person that's listening to this podcast, oh, Lord. Father, I pray, number one, that they are a follower of you. And, Father, if not, I pray that there's been something said today that, Father, that will prick their heart. That will make them like, hey, I, I want more information about this Savior, this Jesus that uh, Jared and Draper has been talking about. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And, Lord, I just ask your blessing to be upon Jared as he continues on in his venture. Lord, he just want to be obedient to the call that you placed on his life. I thank you for him. I thank you for his family. And Lord, I just ask that you would just continue to protect them and guide them. And I pray that you will order their steps. Go before them and be their front guard. Come behind them and be their rear guard. Father, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.